This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Kim. And today's episode, as I alluded to the end of last episode, I wanted to start, you know, talk about my experience with soccer in Montreal, but specifically with, um, I guess, my support for the Montreal Impact and the history behind that. My story is unremarkable, like to anyone else who supports any other club. But as I said in the last episode, I think it is always important to start what is nearest to you and then expand, so the inside out, if you will. And that's kind of how pilgrimages work is you prepare yourself internally, spiritually, even prepare yourself financially if need be. And then you go out, prepare yourself first, then go out. So I thought in that same logic or that same wisdom, if you will, this season is dedicated to talk about soccer in Montreal, but, but why not have an episode dedicated to the Montreal impact? So this episode is not about the history of the impact, but rather me, just a regular fan and a relatively new fan of the impact, my relationship with the club. I've only been going to impact games the last three, four years. That's relatively, I mean, some people say that's that's quite a bit of time, but I've only had season tickets for two years. And so that I consider myself a relatively new fan. But my relationship with the impact didn't happen two years ago. It happened much older, much long, long time ago. That grammatically didn't make sense, but you know what I mean? I must have been like 10 or 11 the first time I've, physically seen the impact I, I was playing I, I think in-house or intramural soccer and NDG or house league that's it uh, house league soccer and NDG I used to play there and my team we were invited to go practice with the impact when I think about it in hindsight I should have gone I definitely would have learned some cool shit from like people who are essentially pro because at the time the Montreal impact were playing the North American Soccer League which is the NASL they were sort of rivaling with MLS, but MLS was still the bigger money, the big show, whereas NASL was the hipster show. I remember just sitting in the car, and it was a cloudy day. My mom sort of looks at me, and she was like, you don't seem too down to go practice with them. And I was like, nah, I don't want to go practice. I don't care about the impact. I don't watch them. I don't really know who they are. I just want to go home and play. I just want to go home and play my Nintendo 64. I just wanted to play Mario 64 and Zelda Ocarina of Time. That's all I wanted to play. And Super Smash Brothers, the first one. That's all I wanted to play. Because at home, I didn't really watch soccer. We didn't we didn't come around to TV every Saturday or Sunday to watch soccer. We, you know, my dad didn't play soccer. He was always working. And the only sport he played was golf. And I guess I don't think he was a soccer guy anyway to begin with. But he did watch it. The World Cup for sure. So that being said, I didn't care about soccer. I didn't care playing it. I didn't care watching it. Uh, to me, soccer was just another chore. You know, being a Korean kid, I was going through 10 different tutorings, you know, like five different tutorings. And soccer was just one of those extracurricular activities I had to do. And like I said, all I want to do is play video games. So I didn't want to do soccer. So we left and I went back home and that's it, I suppose. <laughs> but then... When I got into high school, that's when I slowly started getting back into soccer and I started watching a lot of European soccer. And then I started hearing rumors that the impact was was going to make an MLS franchise in Montreal. And I think in 2012, no, 2010 or 2011, that's when the impact made their, you know, became an MLS franchise. And I knew people at the Sishabab I went to in Marinopolis. I knew people who were in the Impact Youth Academy. And I'm seeing all this growth of soccer in Montreal happening because of the impact. So I'm thinking... This is really cool. 
but at that time, I still didn't think of attending games because I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's the impact, right? But it was only up until university, up until the last three, four, five years, then I really started taking it seriously. At this time, Montreal had signed all these cool players that really got my attention to begin with. You know, Marco Di Vaio, Nesta. Nesta was injured half the time, though. Uh, there was Drogba being the big one. Laurent Simon, Nacho Piatti that I've come to love uh, eventually. But these were players that caught my attention. I was like, okay, so Montreal's you know, making moves, especially buying a player like Drogba. I was like, this is serious. This is a big deal. They signed Drogba. I got to go. So my first game in the Impact was not sitting with the Montreal fans. My first ever MLS impact game was against Toronto. It was, the, you know, Le Classic. There's some, they, we still haven't come up with an official title of the rivalry between Montreal-Toronto. Torontonians call it the 401 derby, but, you know, the highway changes from the 401 to the 40 or to the 20 or whatever. And so that obviously doesn't work. And Le Classic is one that's been tossed around among American MLS fans, which I'm like, you know, it's not a bad title, but it, whatever. It's not spectacular. It doesn't stand out, but, you know, it is what it is. So my first Impact game was in 2015, and I went with my ex-girlfriend. I got the tickets through her brother-in-law. Her sister is married to this very big uh, Toronto sports fan. He's a fan of every single Toronto sports franchise. And I have a lot of respect for him, and I've enjoyed my conversations with him when it came to sports. And... He he, and obviously my ex's sister, they were coming to Montreal to watch the Toronto game. But that was one of the things they wanted to do was watch Toronto in Montreal because they heard so many things about Saputo Stadium. And they bought four tickets, me including me including those three. So we all went together as a, as a group of four. Going to the game was probably the most fun because we're in the Metro and he was saying that, okay, all the Toronto fans are meeting here and then they're going to go together by Metro. And I was like, okay, we'll, go, we'll all meet up with them. So we met up with them, get in the Metro, and we're going to uh, the east end of Montreal towards Saputo Stadium. Now, Metro Ride was fun because they weren't hostile. They were just funny, a lot of bantering. Whenever Montreal fans would walk into the Metro, they would start talking shit, but it was always really funny. Nothing too serious, no fist fights. It was, you know, it was, it was a good atmosphere. So I thought, okay, if the rivalry is anything like this, I'm going to have a good time. However, as we get closer to the stadium hostilities started brewing Toronto fans started talking shit started saying some outlandish things like Montreal sucks fuck this city garbage city why does this exist I was hearing shit like this and I was like okay first off bro it's like 2 o'clock and you're wasted what's what's the matter with you I know it's a Saturday but what's the matter with you and second you have so much hate towards the city you don't understand like anyway I always find those things silly when Montrealers talk shit about Toronto a lot of times it's not serious it's a lot of banter if it's serious, you'll know. Same thing with Tor- Torontonians. They love Montreal, but whenever there's things they don't like about Montreal, they'll obviously tell you. And that's one thing I do appreciate the relationship between Torontonians and Montrealers is that we're unafraid to talk shit about each other's city, but be nice about it. <laughs> so one of the fans was talking shit like that, and then his friend was just screams it out. It's like, hey, guys, let's not say Montreal sucks at a city. It's a great city. It's a beautiful city. We were just at one of their best strip clubs yesterday. <laughs> and... <laughs> And he was like, come on, you know, let's, peace and love. That was his thing. And I was like, that that guy's, that's a guy I'd rather chill with. So we get into the stadium. We find our seats. And it's, you know, the Toronto fans are in full atmospheres, you know, singing and just dancing and just creating a, a great soccer vibe. And, but all as all this is happening, I'm just hearing <laughs> so many Toronto fans are just talking so much shit, saying the most outlandish things again and just, you know, uh, except a lot of them were creating a bit of hostility. If you go to European soccer games, there is a buffer zone between the away fans and the home fans. They're like 
kind of blocked into one section to protect them and to protect the other fans. Away fans are usually the last ones to leave the stadium for the safety of the fans because they learned in Europe that when you leave, when you let both fans leave at the same time, there's often lead, it often leads to big soccer fights and soccer riots outside the stadium. So the best way to prevent it is to get the home fans out first, make sure they all leave and they all leave the grounds, and then you let the away fans out. So sometimes away fans will be stuck there for like another 30 to, another 30 to 45 minutes after the game is over. I'm saying all this because it's important because when you cage people in like that, not even with a real cage, and a lot of people were reacting towards it. I heard a lot of fans saying, this is bullshit, the cage just in the corner, in the worst seats, blah, 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 and talking shit. And I was just like, you're clearly not a soccer fan because all soccer fans understand that this is normal, that away fans get put in a corner or get put somewhere separate. And we have one way in, one way out, and only one section we get to use, you know, whatever. And this guy didn't like it. He didn't get it. But to me, I was like... I. To me, I was like, okay, you're clearly more of a hockey fan. That's not an insult to him. I'm just saying, like, he doesn't get that soccer culture has its own thing, you know? But yeah. So back to the game. On this day, Toronto beat Montreal 2-0. Giovinco scored both goals. Giovinco is objectively very, very, very good. Was he too good for MLS? Perhaps. But watching him live, I was like, okay, this guy is obviously, like, a step, a notch above everyone else. And other players that were playing that day for Toronto was like Josie Altador, Osorio, uh, Michael Bradley. Decent, you know, very good players. That 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 team of that TFC team was pretty fucking solid. In Montreal, we had Nacho Piatti, my favorite Montreal player of all time. Drugba was starting. There was Oduro. Laurent Simon was playing as well. When Cabrera, Victor Cabrera used to be really good. There was also Donadel. But Montreal lost. And it wasn't a good game. And being among Toronto fans and watching your team lose, it's like, it's, oh, it's painful. And a fight nearly broke out where I was sitting because they were talking so much trash about Drugba. And what happened was they kept talking shit. They kept talking shit about Montreal and Drugba and whoever. That behind the Toronto fans, there's another section, kind of like a VIP section, if you will, like box seats. And there was just like these sketchy Montreal dudes that was just like sketchy types. And they were just like, yo, shut the fuck up. And they're talking shit. And then when the one of the Toronto fans uh, looks up at him, it was like, you got a fucking problem, you French fuck you. How about you come down here? And I was like, oh my God, this is how shit starts. And then the guy was like, what? And then, <laughs> so it was like 10 sketch Montreal dudes behind him. And it's like all these drunken white Toronto fans just talking shit and going back and forth. I see the guy, uh, one of the Montreal guys pick up a chair and he was I could like, this this guy was big too. He was about to rip it at the fans. I was just like, I told my ex, I was like, when shit hits the fan, we're getting out of here right away. And luckily, shit didn't hit the fan because the cops came. And what well, was funny because the cops didn't arrest anyone. The cops just went up to the Montreal guy, spoke to him in French, like, okay, guys, like, I need you to calm down because I don't want to arrest you. Don't make me arrest you. I know they're talking shit, but remember, this is sports. You're supposed like this is what the cop was saying to them. And I'm like, ah, cop with logic. And he was saying like, please just calm down, calm down, calm down. Don't fight. You know, we don't need this, right? Everything calms down. All the Montreal fans are leaving. Game's over. Montreal fans are starting to leaving one by one. But like I said earlier, there's no buffer between the fans and the Toronto fans. So when you're walking down the stairs, you're walking right past the Toronto fans. And this one, this one guy, he's such a fucking dick. He's sitting, he's like standing, he was sitting more towards the middle, but I saw him shuffle towards the stairs just to talk shit to every Montreal fan that walked down the stairs. Now I think about it, that's so ridiculous. It's funny, it's ridiculous. And it's like kids, and a lot of it's just casual fans. A lot of Quebecois people from the suburbs that drove into the city to watch a game. It was a beautiful Saturday, like in May, it was a beautiful day. And 
and it's, it's also kids he's just talking shit and like you know being very vulgar in front of children even if these children speak french or francophone that don't understand english like that energy translates you don't don't do that man and this one guy walks past him and he does the same thing again and i was right behind this guy and this guy just turns to him he turns to him looks him straight in the eye and he said hey man I'm from Toronto and you're embarrassing all of us. Can you please stop? You're embarrassing all of us. And then the guy responds as a douchebag. He's like, I don't care what you think. Blah, blah, we won. Woo, TFC, woo. And then I could see the guy who told him to grow up was like, he just shook his head. He's like, okay, never mind. And he just walked away. He was like, okay, this is clearly a stupid guy. And I was hoping, I was like, okay, this guy's going to say something towards me. But he said nothing. And I was like, okay, thank God he said nothing. Not because not because I was going to hurt him because like, I don't need that. And I, you know, I'm like, away, away with you. <laughs> so yeah, that was my, so that was my first Toronto game and when I got home or like yeah, when I got home and I was just talking with talking about the game with my ex and I was just saying like that was a fun day but in terms of the fans that was really ridiculous. And she was like, "Yeah." And even her brother-in-law, I spoke to him and he was like, "I'm a little disappointed with uh, with the Toronto fans." He's like, "Not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed." I'm like, "Really?" He was like, I was scared coming to Saputo Stadium because I heard all these horror stories about Montreal fans and your ultras that you guys get into fights, that this is a city where you guys know how to protest and you guys know how to riot. So I am worried about that energy in a soccer context, which is founded because when the rest of Canada sees Montreal, they only oftentimes, other than clubs and partying, it's like a protest or, or a riot sometimes. Not all the time I'm generalizing, but you know. And he looks at me and he was just, I could see he was genuinely kind of bummed out. He was like, I didn't think it, we had this in us as Torontonians to be so mean and bigoted and negative. And uh, he really bummed it out. And I was just like, I looked and I was like, for what it's worth, the majority of Montreal fans don't see Torontonians like that. We only see, the only time we see Torontonians in that light is only through the leaves. <laughs> it's only through hockey that we see Torontonians in that fashion. But otherwise, and also TFC fans, but at least with TFC fans, and impact fans there's a mutual understanding that we're just going to talk shit to each other it is what it is but outside of soccer we could probably all have a beer and have a great time but after that game it left a strong impression on me and i was like even if we lost i just want i just want to keep going to these games i realized i got to support montreal if we are to beat toronto i got to keep attending these games i i just i can only trust that my money will be spent wisely by organization to, to invest on either better players or better facilities or whatever that's my hope. And that's why I bought season tickets because I wanted to support this franchise. I want to see Montreal become what Toronto is right now. Toronto's the first MLS, MLS franchise to win a treble. I want Montreal to reach that, except win the treble. And when I mean treble, I mean MLS Cup, Canadian Cup, and Champions League. That's I want to see those three Montreal win in one season. Will, we, will that happen? I don't know. But I'm going to keep going to games because, you know, you have to support your local clubs. If you love soccer, I think it is important to support your local local club. But if you don't care about Canadian soccer or North American soccer, fine. If you're just a consumer that wants to enjoy great soccer in Europe, no one's going to judge you. That's totally fair. But if you're someone who cares about seeing the sport grow in Canada, I strongly urge all of you to start attending your games. Next episode, I'll talk about how cheap impact games are compared to hockey games and why I think... The Montreal Impact will be the working class club or the working class team of Montreal of the future. But that's for next episode. So fast forward a few years later. And 
I'm hearing these rumors of Joey Saputo, the owner of the Montreal Impact, wanting to sell the franchise or possibly looking to selling the franchise because, you know, not making enough money or not making enough profit. Let me add another context about uh, Joey Saputo. He also owns an Italian club, Bologna, in Serie A, Italy. Serie A being the top league in Italy. He owns that club too. And I've heard these rumors that he's having a tough time, rather, to balance the books between the impact and uh, Bologna. And he also runs, you know, the Saputo, the, you know, one of the biggest dairy producers of North America, if not the world. And I'm hearing these rumors he might sell the franchise, and I'm kind of freaking out. I'm like, no, that's not fair. I just started liking these guys. Don't sell it. And me, someone with anxiety, I get all anxious. I'm like, no, this can't go. And I started looking to season tickets. And I decided to buy one because I thought the seat that I got and for the price I paid, I thought this was very affordable, something I could personally afford. And that's when I started going because I thought I can't see this club dissolve when I just started liking it. And I and I believe that if Canada were to move forward in terms of soccer, you need Quebec. I Only because I'm not saying this as like someone's biased towards this province, but I'm saying it as someone who understands that Quebec is the second largest province in Canada. So imagine a talent pool that is available with those numbers, 8 million. But also understanding how soccer is on the ground level in Montreal, and it's growing. It's growing quick. A lot of it has to do with this, you know, this wave of immigration is definitely helping and adding to the game. But there is a passion and there's an energy that is needed into soccer. And I sometimes feel like hockey might be losing that a little bit. What soccer has in Montreal, and it has the the best potential of growth again i'll talk more about it in the next episode it's it's the soccer culture of singing and displaying your your culture your actual culture where you're from in the last champions league game that i saw in the big o i think it was against saprisa one of those uh, central american teams they put up a huge tifo which is a huge banner of uh, louis cyr for those who don't know louis cyr louis cyr was like um he was very famous. He did he strongman. Yeah, that was yeah. He was a strongman. He did all these like weightlifting competitions and so on. He became somewhat of a celebrity in his time, but he was also French Canadian and uh, lived at Saint Henri. So it be- he became very endearing for working class francophones in the city. So when they put his banner up there, the entire city erupted. They're like Louis Cyr, Louis Cyr, Louis Cyr, and it became emblematic of that is the Montreal spirit. Not just the Montreal spirit. This is now the impacts. It, the impact spirit we are all Luisia we're all strong men we're all from these small little towns that no one gives a fuck about and we're gonna f- you know prove ourselves in the biggest stages possible that was really the story of Luisia if you like fascinating character and when I saw that I thought this is what the impact is about is that small humble beginnings will lead to bigger results and prosperity god willing that this will happen to the impact but to me that is not just endearing but it resonates strongly with me, especially for people who want a sense of belonging. I've always struggled with a sense of belonging. And the impact sort of gives me the space where I feel I'm no longer Jason. I'm just a fan. And I'm just here. I'm just one with the energy. That's really how I come into these games. And this is why impact games are so much fun for me. Because in a way, it reminds me that even if the impact lose, it might ruin my night. I much rather have that experience because there's nothing else I would rather have than watch live soccer. Let's not take this for granted, especially, yes, yes, the impact could be awful to watch. And sometimes the impact could be just very difficult to watch. But what makes the game so endearing is the other fans because you're all just 
<laughs> you're all we everyone's tuned into the same emotion at impact games that's why i find amazing everyone's frustrated at the same thing everyone's excited for the same thing everyone's just feeling the same thing however the only difference that i find is um let's say compared to england to here is uh a lot of people in the, in the among the impact fans are still learning about soccer they just still don't understand offside yet they still don't understand how the throw-in works for example there's a foul throw-in and i overheard this guy saying i don't get why that was a foul but this this is going to happen and that's fine i'd rather have these people learn here with other people who generally love the game because right now among impact fans the people who go actually really love soccer and a lot of them do play soccer and so you have a community of people who are willing to learn and a community of people who've been in it for since day one put those two together and you have i would say some of the greatest not the greatest fans but like the greatest atmosphere and it's just welcoming it's nice you know and and to me, one of the biggest bonus about going to Impact Games is definitely seeing Josh Larac. Josh Larac goes to every game. He used to be a hockey player for the Montreal Canadiens. I saw him almost every other game. But the best thing is the Northern Bell, the Northern Light Bell. I forget what it's called, but I just call it the Northern Bell. The Northern Bell is 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 a big church bell at one at one side. And every time Montreal scores a goal, they start ringing that church bell. And they often bring in people of importance or people of significance to ring that bell. I remember Denis Cadard, the former mayor of Montreal, used to ring that bell. GSP, Jean Saint-Pierre, rang that bell. Patrice Bernier, his last game, his parents rang that bell for him, which was very lovely. Pat- Patrice Bernier is sort of like, I guess, the Steven Gerrard of Montreal because he's a local guy, warden number eight, midfielder. He was the heart of the team, if you will, or the heart of the franchise. But whenever that bell rings, every time we score a goal, I've always loved church bells ever since I was a kid. So whenever I hear that church bell, I'm like, that's a unique thing that happens here at Saputo Stadium, which I found, which I love. It's 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 always important that every stadium, every club has a unique tradition. And to see Montreal develop that, finally really developing it and really starting to refine it, it excites me because now that whoever comes to Montreal and watches their team play against Montreal or if they see it on TV... I just hope that in that one game they watch, they understand what we are about as a city. That's what I hope. They see the flag, see the tifo, they see the French. This is who we are. And they see the bell, they hear the bell. To me, that's the most unique aspect. But at the end of the day, I still believe that you have to support it. Even if they're crap, you have to support and at least trust that they'll use the money that you give to them, that they'll buy the right players. I think that they're doing it right as of 2020. You know, signing Thierry Henry as coach. I mean, that's more of a marketing scheme. But after seeing the season we just had, in context of COVID, I'm feeling optimistic. I I think Ari's tactics are pretty good. It just comes down to what kind of player he needs. I mean, Boyan might sign a new contract. I don't know if he will be. I hope he does. Victor Wanyama, I hope he sticks around. Uh, Samir Piet will stick around. And they're, they're signing all these new youth academy players from Montreal. So what I'm seeing is very exciting. Will they be successful? I, well, I don't know. Well, we're we're going to have to wait and see for that. But I always try to remind everyone that it's okay to think long term. A lot of people think short term. We got to win, 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 win. But I rather win profoundly than win and then win then win in one year and then be awful the next season. That that's what happened to Toronto. They were amazing during that trouble. Then the next season they were garbage, which surprised everyone, even me. I was like, "What? What are you doing?" I guess to summarize everything I'm saying in this episode is soccer gives a sense of community that I never really found in hockey. I've been to Habs games a few, t- a couple times, and they're truly an emotionally driven 
experience. They're so much fun. You when you grow up hearing so much about the Canadians and what they mean for the city, and to finally go into the Bell Center, get good seats, and just watch twenty two thousand Canadians fans just lose their minds. To me, this is the spiritual home of Montreal, the Bell Center, wherever the Canadians are. That is the heart of Montreal. That will always be. Whereas the Montreal Impact is obviously much smaller in terms of energy and in terms of how of the cultural space it occupies in Montreal but it's growing and for those who do participate in those impact games and do attend those impact games you get a sense of community I've it's been two years since I have season tickets and I now speak to the people who sit directly next to me I go to these games by myself because I find it far more enjoyable to do these things by myself and and it's easy to immerse into something that you would normally not have done in the past as I said, as I alluded to before, I said in previous episodes, I'm I'm an introvert, and going to these games for me is always it will always be a big deal because there's nothing else I would rather do. I want to be there and just forget who I am, forget my anxieties, forget my troubles, and just watch soccer. And it's it's nice for once in my life I got to engage in a sport that I can really say it's mine. Because when it came to hockey, it's not really mine per se. It's it's something greater. It's something bigger. But with soccer, it's still young enough in the city and it's still relatively new that the community is still small and it's just, it's comfortable. And you're with like-minded people, if you will. Well, maybe not like-minded, but but you just, you're just among Impact fans and people who go out their way to watch soccer. Are there a lot of negative people that come to the game and say, oh, this soccer is bullshit, they're so bad? Yeah, there's a ton of those. I've, I've, I've heard them and I've seen them. And to me, it always baffles me. I was like, why, why do you pay to watch this then? Well, you're an idiot at the end of the day for paying to watch this if it bothers you so much. You know, for me, every time at the Impact they're having a bad game, I remind myself, it is what it is. Sometimes you have good games, sometimes you have bad games, but all you could do is hope for the best. And at the end of the day, for me, it's about just being a part of something. And I do believe in this franchise, and I strongly encourage all of anyone listening, when the pandemic is over, to go out and don't buy season tickets, but just go out and watch the games. And if you're someone who is interested in season tickets, I can go on and talk about some of the great things you can get out of it. But I'd strong, I, I do believe that Montreal, the impact, are headed towards something greater and bigger. And I can't wait to see what that is. And also, before we end this, there was a recent announcement that Montreal might change its name from the impact to something else. I heard it might be Montreal FC, which would sound way more legit than Montreal Impact. But it sounds too similar to Toronto FC. So I would like to see how Montreal uses a very typical soccer format of a name, but don't have it so similar to TFC like if even if they did something as trivial as uh, call it CF Montréal like Club de Football Montréal like I'm fine with that but do something unique do something special something that impact says nothing about Montreal use a name or a prefix or suffix or whatever that will allude to the city that's all I ask for even if it's as simple as Club de Football or, or FC Montreal like I'm, I'm okay with that at the end of the day but anyway so once again, thanks for listening to Soccer Pilgrim with me, your host, Jason Kim. And next episode, as I alluded to earlier, I'll be talking about the difference between the Montreal Canadiens and Montreal Impact, but specifically the cultural footprint of uh, of those two franchises in the city and why I think that the Montreal Impact will be the working class sport of the future. I'll get to that next episode. But once again, thanks for listening. My name is Jason Kim, and this is Soccer Pilgrim. <laughs>